0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Before we get started with today's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try our new favorite app called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys. On draft, you play live snake drafts with other people just like in your season-long league. Drafts last just for one night. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Trust me, I love playing drafts. I play golf. I play NFL, basketball you can play um three uh, you can play head to head three man six man there's there's running leagues you win one night it keeps going for four five six nights you can play a dream team there's all kinds of great ways to play draft and you can join me today just search draft in your app store or play right from your computer on draft.com and when you enter promo code sd sports you got to enter the promo code SD Sports. You get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code SD Sports. That's right. Playing a real money game for free just for using the promo code SD Sports when you make your first deposit. Just again, search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and enter the promo code SD Sports. Now to this week's edition of Best with Bubba. everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 92. going to talk some fantasy baseball tonight. In order to do so, I have a very special guest. You can find him on Twitter, at PeoplesPin, Peoples with a Z, Andy Singleton. Andy, how are we doing, man?
2: I am exhausted, but I'm extremely happy to be here. And I just want to tell you real quick, uh, congratulations to you, episode 92. That's like a pretty big deal. You're approaching a 100th century mark. I love it, and uh, I'm happy to be here for it. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I was pretty pumped when we got this worked out to check you out. If you guys don't know Andy, for some odd reason, well, you must be under a rock because this guy's everywhere. He's uh, doing some great stuff over at Fantrax with the baseball show. Him and Ralph Just Ralph's been a guest in the past, uh, so they do great stuff there. he did all his football profiles for the draft. And what else do you have coming up over there at Fantrax? Uh
2: So I, I, I feel like as I go on, the longer I go in this process, so I have more from writing to editing to podcasting to video stuff, and I really – always have gravitated towards prospects both baseball and nfl draft related stuff which is why i you know i go down to mobile every year now i do the senior bowl and uh cover the nfl draft so uh for me i I, my best time my most fun time is before season start so ralph and i do the video uh, fantasy baseball you know draft guide where we do like five minute breakdowns of players and last year we did like 125 this year we only managed to get through 67 uh But football, I did 50 NFL draft profiles. And then for fantasy football, I'm teaming up with Dane Martinez from FNTSY, uh, who's also writing for Fantrax now or podcasting for Fantrax now. And uh, we're doing a fantasy football player profile series, similar fashion. We try to go over the middle round guys, not the no brainers, you know, not the first rounders, the guys you're kind of on the fence about. And, uh, you know, we, we give our honest takes. So sometimes we'll be in agreement whether for the player, against the player, or we'll give you a different side of the uh, of the coin from each of us. So that, that's what's going on, and that's going to start mid-June. And I, I'm trying to gear away from the weekly stuff just because it's it's happening so fast, and I'm fortunate enough to be in a position to be doing guest spots like this show today. So, uh, you know, it's uh, that's really where I'm
1: headed. No, I love it. You guys do great work over there. You do great work and your information is always really, really good. I recommend people obviously listen to Andy's shows and the work he does. But if you want to know more about Andy's background, we won't get into it here, but friend of the show, Justin Mason does a thousand podcasts and he did the uh, great fantasy invitational podcast with Andy a few weeks ago and a lot of great stuff on where you started where you're at now and all that, all that jazz. So I recommend people go check that episode out to get to know Andy a lot, a lot better that way. Um, Let's talk about some recent injuries because it seems like in baseball it just never ends. It's just one after the other after the other. And some, you know, don't matter as much as others, but this last, you know, not even a week, like four or five days, it feels like we got bombarded with some big time names that are gonna affect fantasy teams. And it's not just a lateral move you can make with this. It's just real, you know, how can I tread water with this or what am I gonna do? And let's start with just, you know, the big name, Clayton Kershaw. Um, I don't know how you felt going into the year. I was not on the Clayton Kershaw bandwagon. His injuries scared me. This doesn't really – this isn't a back issue. It's a biceps tendonitis out for at least a couple of weeks most likely. But uh, if you have Kershaw, if you're a Kershaw owner, how do you approach trying to just fill in for now?
2: Well, first and foremost, I'm not a Kershaw owner because I'm like you. I you know was avoiding him. The back stuff is enough to scare me. Uh, before I get into that, though, real quick – I want to say as a fantasy owner with the way the DL is going now, I think we should all be allowed as owners to have our own seven-day DL stint throughout the season. Call it a <laughs> mulligan, however you want to phrase it. When you get slammed with injuries at in any given week, just say, hey, this is my seven-day DL stint as an owner for the season, and we'll call it a mulligan. It doesn't count towards your stats. Uh, but with Kershaw, first, uh, it's I, I'm avoiding him, so I'm not drafting him. Not only – NCB drafted the last couple of years as the number one pitcher in all of baseball, but he hasn't turned in the number one pitching performance in all of baseball, or at least from a fantasy angle. So it doesn't match up. It doesn't equate. For you even investing that price, I'm a weight on pitchers guy. Last year, everybody was kind of saying that. This year, I held true with that again while well, people were starting to say, oh, no, no, this is the year you got to go into pitching because it's weak. No, it's not. Pitching is super deep, it continues to be super deep. I have, in, I refer to one league, the league that got me going in fantasy as a, in this industry as my. Main league. I don't personally know any of the owners. Uh, quite frankly, can't stand any of them. Uh, it's a 16 team head to head points league with 40 man rosters. You know, it's a deep dynasty, and I just lost to Grom and Robbie Ray in the last week. So, you know, guys like I'm picking up. I just picked up Ross Stripling today. I know he's only got the one start this week, but he's the fill in for Kershaw. Uh, the injury stuff. Doctor Mike Tanner, who Does stuff for Fantrax as well. Best industry guy for injuries, I should say, in in the industry. Uh, My go-to guy now. We didn't know each other a couple months ago, and we've been praising each other's work so much that we've become like best friends, and we've still never spoken. Today was the first time I DM'd him ahead of uh, coming on to talk some injuries with you. So word for word from Mike, I said, what's the take on Clayton Kershaw? And he said two scenarios. One, he is – uh, the, the Dodgers are using the DL like they did last year, and they're just getting him one start off, and it's not that serious, and i will miss the one start, and they will come back, and you know, no big deal. Or he really does have bicep tendonitis, in which case he's probably looking at more like three or four starts he's missing. So given the Dodgers' history, I, I think it's still too soon to tell. I wouldn't necessarily be waving the white flag because worst-case scenario, as he said, was three to four starts. So it's not great you know you you talking about a good two week stretch but at the same time it's not where like Robbie Ray is like Robbie Ray's missing the same amount of time and oblique injuries in baseball is a crutch is a, is a killer because just when you think the guys okay they they come back like that it's it's not necessarily uh something that's truly healed so i'm more concerned about Robbie Ray than i am about Clayton Kershaw uh, yeah. Based on these injuries, and then you, you know, I know the next guy you want to talk about was DeGrom. So just to kind of piggyback with the three names I kind of threw in the same category, you know, DeGrom hurts his elbow swinging a bat, and then comes out to start the inning. Immediately comes out. Mets say he's fine. Then they yell him. Who really knows what's up? He's my favorite player in baseball. Uh, everybody knows I'm a big DeGrom fan. Uh, so that obviously affects me on fantasy levels and personal levels. But uh, to me, like, that's – I'm not worried about that because if the team was ready to put him back – I know it's the Mets. You can make all the jokes you yeah. want. But if they're ready to put him back, to me, this is more precautionary. Let's give him a full week. Let's not have him feel obligated and pressured to get on the mound. So we'll put you on the DL. You have no choice. Uh, and, and the Kershaw injury, I guess, would be second in this in this mix. And, like I said, the Robbie Ray – scares me way more than Kershaw. Um, But I think it's still too early to tell because it's the Dodgers. So, I I mean, there are plenty of replacements, though. You look at Domingo Herman, who just threw a gem, and he's going to stick in the Yankee rotation now. That's a high upside power potential guy that could give you Kershaw-esque kind of numbers, at least, you know, get into that realm. But – uh. I mean, it, it really – it's league dependent. It's who's on your wire. But I just feel like th- pitching is just such a deep position any given week that I, it, pitchers go down, I don't worry. I don't panic.
1: No, yeah, and you make a great point there. It is so, so deep this year. You look at just this last week in fab bidding, it was like seven or eight new arms that are young studs. Mister Herman, there's Caleb Smith, there's uh, Fernando Romero for the Twins. There's a list that just goes on and on and on all going and grabbed, and there, there's always options week in and week out if you want to stream. So, that, yeah, that's definitely not the issue at all. You mentioned to Grom and I agree completely. The fact he went out and pitched that inning, he was going to pitch this Monday. Then they said, screw it. Let's, let's let him bring him back, put him on the deal, which like, is the smartest thing. You can tell they've replaced their medical staff because this wouldn't have happened last year. That is a, a really nice thing to see them do there. Let him get healthy because he is having an insane start to his season. It is Many say it has been a career year, and I believe. Like you look at everything he's done, it's been remarkable out there what he's put together. And lastly, I completely agree. Robbie Ray's thing terrifies me. Uh, you see it with hitters with obliques, with uh, a pitcher has to use that oblique almost more than hitters if you really think about it, because they're throwing hundred plus pitches a game, so they really need that to be completely healthy to, to finish their lineup and everything. That's scary. That's very scary. So I'm with you there. That's one of those that you know. When it's in a muscle, they can't just give you a straight timetable. They're giving you a rough estimate because you never know how the muscle is going to heal. So that's going to be a tough one. Um, let's talk Yachty Molina. If anybody didn't see this, it was one of the nastiest, freakiest accidents you could uh, imagine. As a guy, you can feel his pain, and you don't want to feel his pain, but you can feel his pain. And he got he got a ball to the groin, and he had to have surgery, and he's out at least four weeks. Some are saying longer um they brought up their prospect kelly he's a good young hitter is he a guy you're willing to go out there and grab or do you have any other ideas at the catcher's position
2: i'll tell you the catcher is another position yadier molina i'm marrying a puerto rican uh former miss puerto rico i should say uh the end of the summer here and yadier thank you uh but i mentioned Degrom is my absolute favorite player i have Many favorite players, but uh, DeGrom is my current absolute favorite. Yadi Molina is like 1A just based on just what he's done, just you know, what he means to you know, friends and family. And uh, it's he's like the back end, he's the anchor for the catcher position, which to me is you know, more or less like 560. And it's one of those positions where, you know, like if you want like a Gary Sanchez for better or for worse, you go through his hot streaks, you go through his cold streaks. People say don't pay up, don't invest, wait on catcher. Why? Like a guy this year that a lot of people were waiting on as like this is the guy, Wellington Castillo. He's not doing any, you know, he's not doing you much help. So, uh, you know, the Gary Sanchez is the Sal Perez is. The JT Real Mutos, um, the guys who play every day and throw Molina in that category, those are the guys I want. And guys that play every day because of their defense but also can handle the bat. So this is a devastating injury because that just weakens an already weak position. If you don't have – uh, a backup catcher. I mean, you're, you're chasing at this point, And I'm saying ride the hot streaks like Manny Pena was hot uh, for a couple weeks ago. And then, you know, he got sidelined and hasn't really regained it yet. Matt Wieters is still, you know, a big bat that's capable in a good lineup. So, I mean, these guys, are, are, it's really just rolling the dice more than anything. If you want to say go and get Kelly because, you know, he was somewhat, you know, decently regarded prospect and he's going to be in position for that. Sure. Go do it. It's, it's, but it's is it a must add i don't think it's a must add because like i said there's only a handful of catchers that i feel like are must own and you know if, if you if you didn't have i mean go go back to that injury real quick that like you mentioned excuse me 100 plus mile an hour yes. foul tip direct hit like emergency nah, surgery that's yeah that's how bad good. it was to, yeah kidding. so um but yeah i mean that that basically that's how the catcher position feels, mm-hmm. you know, like how Yadier felt that there's not really a, a silver lining there as far oh. as I'm
1: concerned. Oh, that's a rough one to bounce back from for sure. Um, and you mentioned ride the hot hand because you look at the catchers, you know, depending on your size of your league, I pulled up 112 team. You, know, you got Suzuki and Torinos and Johan Gomes and Chris Ionetta, all these guys that can be streaky as streaky can be um Tyler Flowers just came back from the the DL he's another option for people like that so just uh, there, there there's a ton of ways you're not going to that's the whole point of this this exercise basically is you're not going to replace any of these names there's not going to happen but uh, you can definitely play the the waiver wire play the hot streaks, like you mentioned and definitely get into it
2: you, know, uh, you even a guy like James McCann i mean yeah, you I mentioned love James McCann at Tyler of Flowers like uh for some reason I doubt he's still out there but like a guy like Jonathan Lucroy was available a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago in a lot of leagues um you know if, if he's still out there somewhere if you find I mean I I don't roster two catchers in fantasy so yeah. look around your leagues see who has two somebody has even three which is just ludicrous tell them to follow yourself and me and we can you know teach them not to do that but you know target the guy who has two catchers because he can't start them both, and you yeah. might you might be able to get a deal on the cheap, uh, you know, for for whoever he considers to be his secondary guy. But um, I, I wouldn't. That's another thing. I wouldn't panic. Um, you know, lose a Molina, it's a big blow, but you're gonna have to restructure how you're looking at the season now.
1: Yeah, nothing about it. Let's talk about a youngster for the Chicago White Sox, Juan moncada who was you know, for all the stat cast people out there was just lighting the world on fire with his you know, exit velocity and all this. And he started showing some power, stealing some bags. Now he's got a hamstring injury, which you don't want to see for a base stealer, And he's had this, he's had a kind of slew of these in the past few years. Um, a, what do you do with you on my cut? Obviously not going to drop him, but if maybe an owner's getting worried, do you try to trade for him? Are you worried about the hamstring injury ruining his value? And then B, like, there's a few options out there, but the middle infield position is not as deep as people think.
2: No, it's definitely not. And the interesting thing with Mankata for me, I talked about this, uh, I want to say last week on the fantasy world order show. Um, Mankata to me is still too young and has to figure out who he wants to be. Cause obviously he's got the speed to get you 40, 50 stolen bases in a season. He's got the power to get you 30 plus home runs. Uh, but I don't think he even knows who he is yet, and it seems like he's trying to do everything. And I don't know that he's capable of doing everything. You know, when we talk about a five-tool player, that's that's a really that's rarefied air. And not to say he can't ever reach that, but at this age, it's kind of it, it's kind of unfair to him to expect it. So you look at his stolen base numbers, and he was on pace, I believe, for 24, which sounds great. Yeah, it's great. You're getting a bunch of stolen bases, um, but we think of him as a 40 plus guy. So it's not where he could be. Uh, the hamstring is not going to help him uh, steal much more going forward. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to come back from the hamstring and just, you know, be running around like a gazelle. Uh, so I, I think maybe you'd expect there to be more power going forward than speed. Uh, so it, it's just knowing what to expect and gear towards that. If you think he's going to come back, yeah, he, what? Like I say, He's stealing at a at a good enough pace, but not what you'd expect from him, what his output could be. And now you couple that with a hamstring injury. If you're looking to trade for him or pick him up somehow, uh and, and you're expecting he's gonna come back and just get back on pace to be, you know, a 30-30 guy, uh I, I don't think that's a realistic expectation, at least not for this season. So going forward, like in a dynasty league or something, yes, yeah, still super desirable. Uh but in a redraft league, like if I had him and I can get something of value for him, I, I wouldn't be afraid to move him uh, as long as, you know, I'm getting a middle infielder back in return, of course. But uh, I wouldn't be afraid to move him thinking I'm not expecting the speed output to, to be there.
1: Now, uh, let's do this one because uh, rest of the season, would you rather have Yohan Moncada or Tim Anderson?
2: Yeah, so I'm actually actively trying to pursue Tim Anderson in a couple of these. I was trying to get him in Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Uh, wound up somehow making a deal for Xander instead. So that,
1: I, I think, worked out. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I mean, I had to give up uh, – who did I give up? I had to give up Nola and uh, Dansby Swanson. Uh, but, I mean, I think the safety and security of a top ten Oh, yeah. stop and consistency that just put up, I, I'll, I'll take that. And like I said, I'm not worried about pitching. I feel like I have plenty of depth. I, I had, you know, Soroka and Kohara coming back and just added uh, Domingo. Uh, so I, I feel like, okay, I could sustain that loss. Um, I like Tim Anderson. Uh, we were kind of down on him in the profile we did. And this was before we had the knowledge of, you know, hearing what happened with his best friend last year, which was pretty tragic for those that don't know. uh, Apparently his best friend was murdered last year and it was a severe mental setback for him. Once he started to finally get over that, he finished the season incredibly strong, Um, but he also finished 2016 incredibly strong. So it was kind of, is this just a September kind of player or is he about to turn the tide? And, I think he's turning the tide, but I think you see the average is kind of where you'd expect it to be. The strikeouts are still there. I mean, the guy's got six homers and nine RBIs. Like that just is like you 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 couldn't you couldn't try to do that and succeed. Like that's yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, that's insane. So I, I would expect the power to to remain. I think he's a safe bet for twenty five. Um, the speed is there as well. He's showing the speed as well. So if you can put up with the average if you're in a points league he's a he's a prime points league player if you're in categories league you're taking the peripherals he's giving you especially at the middle infield position but you do need to couple him with somebody to try to elevate that batting average back up
1: yeah he's an average killer for sure but the counting stats the other ones you're looking at very very nice piece to have in uh, on your team you mentioned Dansby Swanson and this is one of those. I guess polar uh, polarizing players on the Twitter sphere. You either love Dan's or you hate Dansby. it seems like, and um, he, he's only uh,
2: polarizing. Uh, if you follow uh Justin
1: Mason, Justin Mason. exactly. Yeah. And if you're in fantasy, and you don't, well, I don't know. But, um, you know, he gets off to this amazing start of the year. Then things start slowing down. Now he's got a wrist injury and anything with the hand on the wrist with a hitter scares the crap out of me. But, um, what are you doing with Dan? You just mentioned he traded him for for Xander and a deal for Xander, which I think is phenomenal. Are we thinking this is a massive hit to his fantasy value? Or because you know the Braves are saying nothing structurally is wrong, just a minor setback? Uh,
2: I don't I don't know what to make of it yet. I made this deal giving him up before the news that, you know, this uh, DL stint might be a little bit longer than expected. Uh, I, I still haven't had a chance to ask Dr. Mike about it yet, but obviously the risk for a hitter, uh, it does worry you. He did start to cool off regardless, uh, you know, came back down a little. I don't think – here's the problem I have with, with Dancy Swanson, or at least the volatility or perception of Dancy Swanson. This was the number one overall pick. Let's not forget that. This was the best college hitter You know, at a position, he was drafted ahead of Bregman. He was drafted ahead of Brendan Rodgers. And uh, you know, if you want to say if you re re rank him, he'd be third in that group. Fine, it's still a top group though, and he still should be considered as as a premier fantasy player, especially when you mention how weak middle infield, you know, can be depth wise. Uh, You need to again going back to what I was saying with, with other players. You need to temper your expectations though if you think he's going to be you know a 2020 guy that's probably your ceiling you know you're probably looking more at like 15 15 and that's fine because it's probably going to be with a 275 ish or higher average uh he's going to be in the everyday lineup because his defense is going to keep him there his biggest comp was Derek jeter which, which is, is very good <laughs> right right on right but you know right on parse it's not you know, it's not the high end of the position, but you're looking at a guy who should be in the top twelve, which means he's a starting shortstop in fantasy in, in most average size leagues. So, uh, I, I worry a little because it seemed like they gave him the uh, the DL stint, and he was going to be returning when eligible to come off the DL. Now he's not traveling with the team, and he's expected to miss the series uh, when he's eligible to come off the DL. So he's going to be out longer. Than the time frame would suggest, uh, so that kind of worries me a little. But this is all still breaking, so I don't know the severity of it yet. But anytime you have a wrist injury with the hitter, yeah, you, you're automatically going to worry. Um, but I, I, I'm not panicking yet because nobody else is.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, let's talk about an older player who had a rough year, and you know, certain people were all about the bounce back somewhere. And Miguel Cabrera's come out playing great this year, hitting 323, three homers, 21 RBIs already, the, the power's up, the um, you know, outline stats look great, like he's kind of like the Miggy of old. He's already been banged up three other times this year, now he's finding the DL. As old as he is, it's kind of terrifying. Is, is this a guy you're still interested in fantasy-wise, or are you just, you know what, if I own him, I'm going to try to get whatever I can for him?
2: I was huge on Cabrera going into the season. I was all into the bounce back. Uh I compared him to Albert Pujols and mm-hmm. you know you know what Pujols has done in his his latter years and um you know the average, the homers, the power. I, I felt like some combination of it was going to be enough to give you a better return on on his draft position than where you took him. You look at his ratios this year. He's back to walking thirteen percent of the time, only striking out fifteen percent. I mean, those are phenomenal. Steady. Exactly outstanding. The three twenty three average. You look at it, and you 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 don't look at Miguel Cabrera as a three twenty three hitter and think, oh, this is going to come down. You think, no, that's where he's going to be. So the hamstring injury for him and the type of player he is, it doesn't worry me. Uh, maybe it affects the power marginally, but this isn't a speed guy. We we're we talking about Mancada, and it's. You know, I would think it would likely slow him down, and that's a guy you, you're relying off for speed. I'm not expecting anything out of Cabrera, so you know, the time off to get it feeling right to get back in the lineup. You know, you also have the DH spot, so he can go there and not have to go in the field, and he has time to get himself back. The only thing I would worry about is that it, you know his age and you know the, the injuries he's had the last couple years that maybe it all just starts to mount up and. Doesn't heal as quick as you'd like, but uh, I mean these are also professional athletes, so the medical staffs are impeccable. I- I'm not worried. I-, I think once he's back from this DL stint, plug him right back in, good to go, no reservations.
1: I like it. I'm with you there. I think what we've seen, you know, he's older. He's going to miss some time, it's just like Bulls. Bulls, like for the last few years, he's always had a DL stint or do, and you deal with it, and you get what you're going to get. So I'm with you 100 there. Let's talk Jordan Montgomery, the young left-hander for the New York Yankees, out 68 weeks with a strain in his elbow. That's terrifying to begin with, and sometimes this can lead to worse things. He was off to a decent start to the year, nothing flashy, but he still was very, very usable, especially in the fantasy landscape. How concerned are you with Jordan Montgomery, and are you just, you know, are you going to hold on to him, or are you going to just say, screw it, I'm going to replace him the best I can and move on?
2: No, I'm a Yankee fan, so it hurts me more as a fan of the team and the depth, but this team just – I mean, it's been talked about ad nauseum how deep the organization is as a whole, and you just see it like – you know, just keep bringing guys up. And who was panicking? Nobody in New York was panicking other than Met fans trying to make Yankee fans feel some pressure, uh, you know, the first two weeks into the season. But, I mean, you look at what they're doing now, and they they just have – all kinds of depth to just plug holes. They lose Jordan Montgomery. They bring up Domingo Herman, as we talked about. He throws a no-hitter in his first, you know, start, throw, strikes out nine guys in six innings. I think that's the bigger number more than anything is the Ks. Um, you know, they still got Chance Adams who can come up. They, they have other pitching, and they have all kinds of, you know, uh, assets at their disposal to add a pitcher via the trade market. So, uh, you know, I'm not panicked at all uh, other than Jordan Montgomery himself should be worried because it's his arm and it's his health. You know, maybe his family members, his his parents, his wife, his kids, whatever. Maybe they should be worried because this is going to be his, you know, livelihood and his future. Uh, you know, the Yankees for that depth a little. But as a fantasy owner, no, you got to cut bait because I, I don't think he's – the type of pitcher that you're holding out for Uh, you are talking about, like somebody was asking me about Paxton earlier, James Paxton, just throw another lefty in there. For example, James Paxton is the kind of guy, you know, he's going to miss time at certain points of the season. You roster that guy. If he's out for one start or 10 starts, you roster that guy, you hold on to James Paxton. Jordan Montgomery is not even close to that world. So if he's going to be out for that period of time, Yeah, you cut bait because it's not worth the roster spot. And unless you have unlimited DL spots and you can afford to stash them, then fine, go for it. But chances are you have, at this point of the season, two, three, four, five other guys who are in that boat. Or maybe even somebody on the DL that you could pick up off the waiver and stash ahead of him. I don't have any names to give you at this point, but uh, uh, I wouldn't be stashing Jordan Montgomery. And hopefully you were able to get his replacement.
1: Um, Herman is really, really good as a Yankees guy. We'll kind of spin this differently. And a prospect guy, you mentioned chance Adams. You there's justice Sheffield down there. Do we see those guys this year? Is there a time when it might be worth to start stashing them at a cheaper price or they just kind of maybe September call-ups,
2: maybe September call-ups. And I wouldn't even expect them really to get starts unless they're trying to rest, you know, your rotation guys heading into the playoffs. Uh, you, you know you also got a guy like Eric Swanson who's been pitching well I mean you, you just have names that you haven't even heard of that are in the system uh, lower levels too that just aren't even you know at full season yet that have potential uh, I would target weaker organizations that are going to have a need uh, Ralph and I were talking earlier today um, for those of you you want a little insider thing Ralph and I fight like brothers uh, we bicker and all the time but we we talk a lot as well so uh we were just going over names and a guy that i've been big on for the last couple years it's taken him a while to get here uh but he was telling me today a guy that you should be stashing right now steven Gonzalez, uh who's been pitching really well and is any minute from getting called up like literally that close if he it would have surprised me if you heard an announcement tonight. He's called up and he's starting tomorrow or next week or within the month, but it's literally any minute. Um, you look around like the Marlins. I know we're going to get into uh, Caleb uh, Smith in a little bit, but uh, you, you look at the Marlins. I just traded Zach Galen today. I love Zach Galen, a New Jersey product out of North Carolina college. And Goes over in the Marcelo Zuna trade and has a clear path to the majors and is pitching really well. He's not really a strikeout guy. He's kind of like a he's kind of like a Mike Soroka light, if you will. And that's not to say Soroka is like a a big power arm, but you know he can he can flirt with nine Ks per nine. Galen's probably a little tick under that, but even he's been around the nine K per nine mark uh, this year so far in AAA. He's another guy that's. On the verge of a call up, so uh, if you're if you're looking for uh, guys to stash, uh, I wouldn't be looking at the Yankees youngsters uh, unless it was another major injury. Uh, but I'd be looking outside at organizations that have nowhere to go and are going to look in internally.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Uh, last injured guy I want to talk about just real quickly: Johnny Cueto of the Giants out six to eight weeks. They're saying it's a sprain in his elbow. And people need to remember a sprain still involves a tear of some sort. So he's not out of the clear, but uh, even James Andrews said just rest it. And I was telling people over the weekend, at his age, it makes sense to rest it because going out for another year, year and a half before he can pitch again, he's already getting old enough. He needs to just go out there and use whatever he's got left. David Price is pitching with the same thing. Tanaka, one Shohei Otani. So many people are pitching with the same type of thing. He has to deal with it. He needs to rehab it now and get ready to go and use what he's got left in that arm. Um, a guy like Johnny Cueto, who actually is off to a great start of the year. What are you doing with a guy like Johnny Cueto? All
2: right, so I'm going to tell you guys again, if you're listening, go follow Dr. Mike Tanner on Twitter right now, Dr. Mike Tanner. And I asked uh, Dr. Mike before coming on here again, what's the deal with Kershaw? What's the deal with Cueto? You heard six to eight weeks. Dr. Mike's telling me it's more like 10 weeks. We're going to be looking at a 10-week absence from Cueto. So it's more severe than people want to realize right now. So if you're a Cueto owner, I would I would advise trading him. Um, you're probably not going to get nearly as much as you would a, a week ago, of course. But for those that think it's – are going to be optimistic and go, oh, he's only going to be out six weeks, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take the gamble. I'll take him. It's probably more like 10. And he was pitching over his head to begin with. Not to say – Cueto hasn't been a, a Cy Young pitcher in the past, but at this age, uh, what he's shown the last couple of years, he was he was pitching over his head. And if you thought he was going to sustain that the whole season, you know, you, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess maybe it's possible. I, I, I'm a Cole Hamels believer still. Uh, so that's just, you know, kind of shows you the other side of that. But uh, according to Dr. Mike, is looking more like 10 weeks for Cueto. So I would be looking to get out and not invest if that opportunity presented.
1: That's great information there. If you were to trade, so you were quite owner, like realistically, cause this is something I, t- I had a couple of episodes, when it was <laughs> myself and it was Brandon Myers from Ditkin sausage pot. We were talking about trade etiquette. Like don't be the guy that shows the low ball offer out there and the stupid things like that. If you're going to try to trade Johnny Queta, what do you think is a realistic, you know, ballpark player, you know, it doesn't be picture to picture, but it's kind of what range of player are you looking for, you think?
2: Uh, Something that makes sense for my lineup and, you know, trading is a big thing for me. I, you know, I get knocked on it. People say I'm a, I'm a low ball trader. I don't think I am. I feel like I always wind up overpaying, but I'm not going to play my hand, you know, in the first, you know, in the first round and, um, I'm not unwilling to deal players, but I mean, people should take the mindset when you go into a trade. Let's aim for fifty-fifty. If it's sixty-forty yeah. in either direction, okay, fine. Somebody's going to overpay a little, depending on you know what side uh, of the coin you're on. Um, so oh, and people are going to see it differently. You know, like I said, I just traded Aaron Nola and Dansby Swanson for Xander Bogarts. To me, that made sense. To somebody else, probably gonna say I overpaid. I don't know if you can consider that overpaying or not, but uh, it makes sense for your roster. And that trade all came about because I was talking to the owner about acquiring his Bryce Harper, and his price tag was just too steep. And it made no sense for me to give up everything he wanted. So I actually had a bigger need for a shortstop, having, losing, having lost uh, Corey Seeger. So say, hey, that you're interested, but what would be the price on Sander? And sure enough, there it is. Okay, uh, Nolan Swanson done. Let's do it. Uh, so don't be afraid to you know kick the tires on other players, even the guys that you don't you know start out inquiring about. But beyond anything, the biggest thing update your trade block. You know, try to make it a habit, try to do it weekly. Uh, you know, respond to offers, engage in offers, even if somebody's lowballing, even if somebody gives you the crappiest offers. You know, week in and week out, still negotiate, talk. Like if you don't want to participate, then don't be in a fantasy league because there's nothing more, you know, infuriating and frustrating than to send out an offer and not get a response or to send out an offer with a comment and just get a rejection and no banter, no no reaction because maybe i was just casting a line out there. You know, is this guy available? No, he's, you know, no, he's not. But maybe this guy is. Or, yeah, he could be if you're willing to give me that guy. But if you don't say that and you just decline it, how the hell am I supposed to know? And, uh, yeah. you know, th- there needs to be a conversation.
1: No, I like it. That's some really, really good advice there that, you know, some people just don't understand the whole trade process at all. And it it kind of ruins it for some people, and it really shouldn't. It should be a, a big part of the thing, a league these days, especially with Fab and people blowing money on – on prospects or whatever, and you still need to fix your roster one way or another. So Braids is a great way to do it. We take this brief break from Bench with Bubba to talk to you about roto It's one of the best quality shirts in the industry. When I mean industry, all the clothing industry, the fantasy sports industry, because people are rocking it. They're loving it. You're seeing it in a lot of big outlets now. That no-other-brand brand can compete with roto in terms of quality. They're premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts. They specialize with a special, special printing process. The design is part of the shirt. Literally, it is, it is dyed and bleached into the fabric if you use the promo code DGENS D-E-G-E-N-S, you get 20% off your order. Again, promo code DGENS D-E-G-E-N-S. Check their site out. Check them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're always giving away free shirts. And then when you go to purchase the ones you want for you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever, use promo code DGENS D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to this week's episode of Bench with Bubba. Let's talk about a couple players. A handful of players that have, you know, off to good starts or slow starts or flashy names or whatever. And how we're kind of approaching the rest of the year and what to do. And one that's not on this list, but you kind of hinted around it with some rookie prospects, and it just took place. And I know you know this player, so I don't want to prep you too much on it. But uh, Nick Kingham of the Pittsburgh Pirates, he's put together a couple of great starts, looked really, really good, and they just sent him back down. Given caveat, many people have reacted out the gate. They don't need a fifth starter until the nineteenth, so I'm assuming he has the shot to come back. But what are do you doing with Nick Kingham because it is the Pirates, and for all we know, he might not be back.
2: Yeah, I think Nick Kingham's a hold. I mean, this this wasn't a guy that came out of nowhere. This was a guy we knew about as a prospect, as a highly regarded prospect. Comes off, and you know, he's a little a little older at 26. Fine, uh, you know, but we thought he'd be decent, and his numbers, you know have been very good. They've been better this year than they have been at any point of his career. So maybe he's learned something new. Uh, Maybe, you know, he's, uh, he's figured something out. Obviously I don't expect him to be nearly a 12 K per nine guy going forward, but if he's going to get starts in that rotation, I would expect it to be nine K per nine at the minimum. And, You know he's traditionally been you know mid 40s percent ground ball pitcher. So if you give me a you know nine K uh, per nine with 45 plus ground ball ratio with a decent lineup around you, I'm buying. And his walk rate has always been uh, maintained very well. He's been below a three walk per nine guy uh, throughout every stop of his career. So he's learned how to. Get better strikeout numbers uh, while maintaining his walk numbers, and uh, I, I think that's a guy that you hold. If you have him and you drop him because you think, oh, he got sent down, uh, as you were mentioning, you know they don't need the fifth starter for a while, uh, somebody's gonna pick him up and you're gonna lose out on him. So just don't drop him.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree completely because I wanted to bring him up. I had at least three or four messages today going, what am I gonna do with him? What am I gonna do with him? And it's like, guys, you gotta just hold here because. You already went and picked him up for a reason. He's He should, unless the Pirates just completely lose all grasp on reality, he should be back in a couple weeks. Right. Um, Alan Hansen of the Giants, uh, he's been kind of a, a minor league traveler, finally got a little break with the Pirates a couple years ago. He's been with the White Sox. A speedy, speedy little guy, and he's showing a lot of pop this year between AAA and the Bigs. He's already got two homers in the Bigs. Obviously not going to hit 321, but most of his peripherals look good decent he is overachieving yes but things still look pretty good um he was a popular fab target in deeper leagues this past week joe panics out for a little while is alan hansen a guy that you're looking on your roster yeah i just added
2: him in that 16 teamer uh just because he was out there and you know you got to roll with it middle infielder as you mentioned uh he's i can't believe he's still just 25 because i feel like he's been around for forever i thought
1: i was shocked by that yeah um
2: You know, he's got 40-grade power, so, you know, middle of the road, average. You mentioned the speed. It's 60-grade speed. So uh, I'd expect the steals to continue to be there. And he's in line for regular at-bats. So if he's going to get regular at-bats, then great. You know, he's never been a high strikeout guy, not a terribly high walk guy either. um, And I I don't want to throw him in the the mix with this. Um, Let me me see how I'm going to phrase this. I think it's, I think it's kind of sad that he never broke out in Pittsburgh because he was their shortstop of the future, mm-hmm. and you know he's part, of, he 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 was supposed to be up a while ago and hold it down and couldn't beat out the likes of Jung Ho Gong and Jordy Mercer and you know if you're not beating those guys out then you know, maybe you're not the highly regarded prospect or maybe you haven't figured it out yet. Fine. He's still just 25 though. He's got comparable numbers and a background in some regards to a guy like Didi Gregorius. And I don't want to throw that name around lightly. You know, I'm not trying to make a casual comp because, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you see me with the MVD hashtags. I'm going for the DD for MVP push this year, but the reason I mention that is because Arizona gave up quick on Didi. Yankee scooped in and made a tremendous move to get him. Uh, perfect park for him. So, you know, he's been able to play to his potential there. Uh, but somewhat of a late bloomer, uh, glove guy, and now he's figuring it out with the bat. And the other and biggest thing I say and reason I mentioned Didi is because he was a well-regarded prospect in his own right. And then when Arizona was getting rid of him, people just kind of threw, you know, wrote him off. And, oh, you're going to leave Arizona who doesn't trust you and you know, be Derek Jeter's replacement. And he, you could get him anywhere. Like, you, he was available everywhere. You know, just even last year, beginning of last year, Didi Gregorius was still on every wave of wire. Even heading into this year, people were skeptical. How do I draft him? So the whole point and moral of that story is, Allen Hanson was kind of in that same stratosphere of potential and prospect type and everything like that. You move him to a new team, new situation, new environment, getting regular playing time. Who's to say what his limit is? And as long as he's showing what he can do right now, he's not going to get benched. So you got to add him. You got to take the gamble on it. and You got to ride it out. That's my uh, Alan Hansen story.
1: No, I like that a lot. That's really deep there. is um, the a great comp because people do forget that, you know, the reason why the Yankees pretty much have DD is because Arizona gave up on him and he wasn't the power back then. He was a glove first guy. And even when they said, okay, he's going to take Derek Cheater's spot, it was like, okay, can he just at least play defense and, you know, bat eighth or whatever and figure it out. <laughs> and obviously we've seen how that turned out. And as a Giants fan – very small sample side with Hanson. I, I, I do like what I've seen from him. It's more than I expected off the gate. Then I looked at some of his other numbers and, and if he gets becomes half of that kind of guy, I'd be very, very excited. Um, let's play. Would you rather rest of season Alan Hanson or an injured currently Dansby Swanson? Oh,
2: that's a good one. I think I'm still going with Dansby, uh, unless Hanson somehow finds a way to get shortstop eligibility back. I'd rather have that. Um, I, I think it's still Swanson. I, I just think he's the better, uh, better pedigree for me. It's not a uh, slam dunk, but personal preference.
1: What about uh, Hanson or a guy Nick Ahmed, who's having a great start to the year? Ooh, I don't trust Ahmed,
2: so I. <laughs> uh, I would, I would. I mean, that's a tough one because if it's are they both available on waivers and I'm adding one? I'll probably, add it. In,
1: yeah.
2: I'll probably add in Hanson right now. Okay.
1: And, and the biggest thing with Hanson for people is league specifics. If you need steals, this guy is a must-add, in my opinion. Like this guy, he's going to run every chance he gets, so go hey, grab him. Ahmed's only giving you the homers right now.
2: And whatever you think of a humidor, it's obviously – it's not playing in Goldie's favor right now. A.J. Pollock doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Certain guys don't. Certain guys seem to. Uh, Ahmed being one that doesn't seem to have a problem hitting bombs right now. But that's all he's giving you. He's not giving you average. He's not giving you steals.
1: I'm with you there. Uh, Let's talk about a guy that's got off to an amazing start to the year. But a reason I really wanted to talk about him is the fact – Josh Donaldson returned to Toronto. So Harris Solarte, given he can play everywhere on the infield, you know, he's 30 years old. The team's pretty much drowning as we speak. Um, what do you do with the guy that like him Harris? Because he could lose playing time. He could get traded. Do you, are you, how high are you selling him right now? <sighs> he
2: he is such a intriguing player to me. Because he's still only 30, which that's the age I kind of want to get out of, guys. Uh, I want to be more in that 25 to 30 range. But he's producing at a rate he hasn't produced ever in his career. And his career has been good to this point. I don't think the power is sustainable. I don't think that's real. He's at nine homers already. Uh, I I do think the other peripherals, his walk rate, his strikeout rate, uh, his average, I I do think all that is in line. The thing about Solarte, which goes so underrated to me, uh, and I compare him a lot to another player in Esdrubal Cabrera, who is another guy that's extremely underrated to me. These guys offer you so much depth that it's a luxury to have to be able to put him at any position in the infield and feel comfortable like he's not going to kill me. He's not going to hurt me. And he might just surprise me and pop one out today. So uh, that's the big thing. But the problem with that is while everybody might feel that way. Nobody's valuing him that way in trades. So I don't think you're going to get much for him. So you're kind of in a, you're kind of in a stuck position where maybe it's not an easy one for one deal. Um, You know, maybe you got to reach out to a desperate owner. Somebody maybe that just lost Corey Seager, for instance, uh, something like that. Uh, And maybe you got to package him with something else to sweeten it. But, uh, I, I'm i happy owning Solarte uh, because I do think he finds a place to play every day. I mean, you could you could put him at second with Travis getting option to the minors. I mean, how bizarre was that, right? Uh, right? Third, I mean, Donaldson doesn't look great. Donaldson, you know, looks like he's aging quick. So, mm-hmm. you know, he plays short first any way you want.
1: No, I don't mind that at all. Let's do a couple quick hitters here. I uh, came back from the DL recently, Ryan Healy. He's coming back with a ton of power. We know they sent Vogelbach down, even though many people want to see Vogelbach up here. Um, but they did trade for him in the offseason, so they obviously want to use him out there. What do you do? Are you, are you aggressively – aggressive, I was aggressively putting out the right word. Are you trying to pursue Ryan Healy, or are you thinking this is a hot streak? If you got him, trade him. If not, just stay away.
2: So somebody tweeted out earlier today something like uh, Ryan Healy's only in 20% of Yahoo Leagues and that number should be more like 90. And then <laughs> somebody replied to that, "There's a reason he's only 20% owned," or something like that. Like, so that just shows you how you know varied the uh, opinions are going to be on Healy. The power is real. You know, he, he's good for. The 25 homers, I, I definitely believe 25, you know, chance to surpass 30. Uh, I definitely think the Mariners lineup could potentially be better than where he was last year with the A's. Um, I was surprised the A's moved them, but, you know, when you see what they have with Chapman and Olsen, you know, kind of makes sense. It was just kind of squeezed out. I'm a Danny Volgoback lover, so, I, you know, uh, I would love to see him play as well. I I don't know what to make of Healy. I mean, I'm not being super aggressive in getting him, but if he's available for the right price and I have a need, uh, if I have somewhere I could stick him, then, yeah, I'd gladly pick him up. But I'm not going out of my way to get him, and I I do think that he will hurt your averages somewhat. I think he is really more of a one-to-two category guy when you look at homers and potential RBI. Um, And – that's not enough to make me super aggressive in chasing him. I think the name outweighs the game for him a little
1: bit. That's a great way to put it. I really like that a lot because Vogelbach, I agree with you. He used to be the guy playing there every day, but that's a whole other story for another day. Um, last guy I'm gonna ask you about here, and he's been the fab target of many. It's his, you know, everyone says the whiff rate's going up. He's looked great in his last few starts. Strikeouts galore for Caleb Smith, former Yankee farmhand. Now with the fish, and he's looked really, really good of late. A couple of rocks, rocky starts to start the year, but in really, really good. And the um, advanced stats just say this is kind of what he is, and it's going to be good. Uh, what are you doing with a guy like Caleb Smith?
2: Uh, you know, I mentioned another guy in that system in Zach Galen. You know, you look at Jarlon Garcia. Guys, there's openings. There's opportunity. If Caleb Smith keeps pitching like this, he's not going anywhere. Uh, the thing that worries me, and maybe it's just kind of like this Marlins, you know, stigmatism. Uh, you know, we've seen guys have success in Miami in stints. When I mean, you look at a guy like Conley, you even look at a guy like Kohler, uh, you look at a guy like Dylan Peters, you look at guys like that. So there's been guys that have had brief stints of success. Uh, I, I think you got to write it, though. He's going to get starts. I mean, the numbers are ridiculous. He's 12.58 K per nine right now. That's just unsustainable. And, he, you know, he was giving up – sorry, do you hear that? My no, dog is going fine. crazy. Um, he, uh, he, he, you know, he's given up a lot more home runs in the past than he is this year, so I, I do think that, you know, tempers out a little. I think he's getting a little bit of luck. There's been a lot of uh, pitchers whose K numbers have increased, and I think that just all is not necessarily uh, an indictment on – them developing something new or getting a better feel for pitching. I think it just all ties in with the, you know, this whole launch angle revolution and the and the you know the, uh, the um, the the uh the fly ball era and all that kind of stuff. That guys aren't afraid to strike out, and that's going to positively show for pitchers. You look at Caleb Smith. You look at his walk numbers. They're still over four per nine, which is what he's been his whole career. He's not been a very good control guy um and i think if you have him i think you sell high if you can uh, because i think the decays come down i think the walks stay up and i think in miami there's not gonna be a lot of wins so uh, i think you sell high if you can but um if you can't get a buyer just keep riding it out but i look at him as more like a, a, a streamer that's performing well enough to be owned as opposed to a building block.
1: So You and I agree a lot on that because everywhere you turn, he seems to be a voice of a, a topic. And that's why I want to ask you about him because some people are extremely high on this and think, you know, this is who he is, so on and so forth. And when you when you have a team like Miami, it's hard for me to really buy in on that whole setup, like you're saying. But uh, yeah, definitely streamable, definitely ownable, ride the hot streak, all that good stuff there. So well, I completely
2: agree with you. Let me give you a comparison, and, and he's another guy we had on the list, and Sean Newcomb. So yeah, same you know. division, very similar kind of numbers throughout their you know careers. Newcomb's been a more consistent power pitcher, um, but his K per nine spike hasn't been uh, anything dramatic. So you believe that's more sustainable. Him being around 10 per nine, you buy into it. Him being at his you know, four walk per nine, that's what he's been. You buy into it. So if you're getting the same kind of you know, numbers in that regard, well, what's the separator? The team. So Atlanta figures to be much more capable of providing run support and and wins, and everything else is right in line. So if you were going to ask me, Caleb Smith or Sean Newcomb, it would be Sean Newcomb all day. If I was lucky enough to pick up Caleb Smith on the waiver wire and I have him and somebody's desperate for pitching and I could – pawn kayla smith for something else yeah absolutely move him while he's hot
1: no that was a great point and a great comp and that's kind of why i had him on there at one point to to chat with and uh we're gonna have to get together and do this again sometime because that was a lot of awesome awesome stuff why don't you again let everybody know where they can find you and what you have that you're working on so ralph lift and i prospect
2: jesus we do the baseball show for fan tracks on the youtube channel uh, we're also providing an audio version as well, which you can find on the Fantrax Podcast Network through SoundCloud or through iTunes. So you could just search the Baseball Show anywhere and find it. Uh, if you're looking for the video show, which is what we hope you check out first, because that's how we, you know, present it. I do a lot of video editing to try to make it look presentable and clean and professional. Uh, you could search for Fantrax on YouTube and find us there. Please subscribe mm-hmm. to the channel. Uh, we are intermittently doing shows, so it's not necessarily every week, and we're we used to do it live last season. We did it live this year. We've been doing it recorded. We're thinking about it, coming back to live. So, uh, the best way to find out anything I'm doing is simply to follow me on Twitter at people's pen. And that's people's with the Z. Uh, you could just type in Andy Singleton and you should see people's pen come up. I'm the guy in the fire gear, dribbling a basketball. And, uh, there you have it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's a great follow. Great information. Check it all out. Football and baseball. He does it all. And, uh, I'm looking forward to this football stuff you have coming up to go with the baseball. Cause your coverage of the football draft and the senior bowl, is some pretty awesome stuff. That's where I really got to get to know you. So uh,
2: I, I appreciate it. I'm a big fan of yours as well. You've been putting out great work and you know, I, I see the following you have and the respect and reputation you have in the industry. Uh, so when you said, Hey, uh, about time you came on, I was more than happy to to jump on it. So I appreciate you having me. I would love to come on in the future
1: we definitely will have you on for sure if not for baseball for football we'll definitely chat regardless we'll talk sports no doubt about it so everybody go check him out on twitter at peoples with a z pen and check out all his great work there this was bench with bubba episode 92 catch you guys next time